QC Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. This is QC Pod. I'm Nevyakova. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queen's College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org/qcpod. Today, we'll be taking a look back at the reopening of campus at the beginning of the spring 2022 semester and discover how students experienced the transition. In fall of 2021, Queens College sent out an email saying that spring 2022 classes would be 80% in person. While some classes were hybrid the semester before, the new semester would bring a whole lot of students to campus at once, some of whom had never been there before. This news was met with mixed emotions, excitement to finally interact with teachers and students in person again, anxiety about safety, and a little bit of resentment that rolling out of bed and into a Zoom class wasn't an option anymore. But when the first day of spring semester rolled around, what was the return to campus actually like? As the spring semester comes to a close, let's revisit how it started and what it was actually like for students. To get a sense of how students, other than myself, experienced the reopening, I spoke to a couple of students about their experiences getting on campus those first few weeks. Hi, I'm Nika Nunez. My name is Leslie. Hey, I'm Jessica Alexander. Hi, my name is Manuela. Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm a sophomore at Queens College. For some students, spring semester was not their first time back on campus after the COVID shutdown. Jess and Nika came to campus in fall 2021 for hybrid classes. But the smaller fall reopening did not compare to the bigger reopening of the following spring. And with the hybrid model last semester, that's Nika describing campus in fall 2021. It really felt very quiet, almost desolate. This is Jess echoing her sentiment. It was so deserted. It was creepy. She goes on describing going to the library during free hour. Go to third floor where it's like a noisy floor or like the second floor just to print something quiet as a mouse. So both Nika and Jess were delighted to return in spring 2022 to throngs of students rushing to their classes, visiting the library, and hanging out on the quad. I saw um, two people that were playing volleyball, so that really cheered me up, and I'm like, oh wow, Queens College is back. Some, however, were a little more apprehensive about the opening. This is Leslie. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous, just because I don't like to talk in front of a lot of people. But, she says, I feel like once I went into campus, it was smooth. Also smooth were Leslie, Nika, and Jess's experiences entering campus in spring semester. So coming to campus was not that hard for me. They had all been on campus before and had functioning cue cards, so they were able to get on campus without a hitch. Thankfully, I still had my Queen's College ID, so that made it smooth for me to enter the, um, the campus. What about students who didn't have a cue card? The administration prepared itself as best it could for the influx of new students needing cue cards. According to Megan Moore-Wilk, Chief of Staff of the Office of the President, the cue card office printed over 5,700 cue cards before January 28th, the first day of spring semester, with 2,000 more cards being printed in the following two weeks. OIT, that's the Office of Information Technology, also sent multiple emails out with instructions on how to obtain a cue card. But for students like Manuela and Dylan, who began Queens College Online and therefore needed to get a cue card for spring, were these measures enough? In some cases, yes. 
in others, not at all. Let's start with Manuela. Manuela found herself on campus a week before spring semester started. I came like a week before because my sister had like the, the random COVID testing. And she was like, you know, just take your ID now. Because Manuela got her cue card early, she didn't have trouble entering campus on the first day of spring semester. Students whose older sisters weren't selected for random testing, however, or those experiencing inevitable trouble with their cue cards, were stuck in a bit of a rut. Or a long line, that is. From a distance, I could see a huge line, so that obviously put some fear in my heart. That's Dylan, describing coming to campus for the first time. And he was right to be fearful, as he would be waiting on that line for the next two hours. And his wait was far from comfortable. We were all just shivering together, like I couldn't feel my feet by the end of it. It really was like freezing out. It was about 20 degrees, it was nighttime, you know, it was wet. Dylan and his line mates didn't even know what they were waiting for. I came up to the line and I asked people, you know, what is this for? And nobody knew. But it was worth the wait, right? After waiting two hours, he was at least able to enter campus. Unfortunately, not. I had waited two hours to miss my classes and not get on campus. Not only was Dylan denied campus access his first day. I don't think I was able to get on campus for like the first week and a half. Although Dylan acknowledges that the administration could not have prevented the long lines from building up, he wishes they had taken action once they saw the line growing. Maybe it's time that you have, you know, somebody higher up come down and like either cut everyone loose like, hey, sorry guys, you know, we'll figure this out the next day. Please just go home if you've missed your class. The administration agrees. In a statement to the Night News, Megan Moore-Wilk shared that, quote, We could have had more staff available to troubleshoot the lines. Unfortunately, we were not staffed to a level that could provide that level of assistance. End quote. Now, this is smaller in scope than the long lines to get into campus, but multiple people mentioned another difficulty they had in accessing certain parts of campus. The gate behind the track field from Townsend Harris was closed. The access from Queens Hall to the main campus. Um, I had an issue getting into um, Queens Hall. I actually wonder why didn't they open the gates? For those of you who don't know, Queens Hall is much farther away from the rest of the Queens College buildings. It's all the way on Main Street. Before the pandemic, students would get to Queens Hall using a path that went past Townsend Harris, around and behind the track and soccer field, and past John Bounds' patch of farmland. If you walk quickly, you can make it there from Kylie Hall in 10 minutes. Coming back to campus, many were disappointed to discover that the path was closed, meaning that they would have to leave campus, walk down Melbourne Avenue, turn onto Main Street, and walk for a block or two before hitting Queens Hall, which is a significantly longer walk. We asked the reopening committee if they have plans to make campus more accessible and reopen the path to Queens Hall. In response, they said that they intend to reopen the walk as soon as, quote, we can do so safely while adhering to the campus access guidelines, end quote. You see, the reason they closed the path was essentially a staffing problem. Since proof of vaccination is required to enter campus, a member of public safety needs to man all entry points. Since there wasn't a member of public safety available to stand by the path, it had to be closed. The reopening committee did make good on their promise to reopen the path, though. On April 11, 2022, Chief Anastasia M. Kutsidis of Public Safety 
sent out an email announcing the reopening of the Path to Queens Hall the next day. Despite a couple of bumps, the reopening of campus was mostly a success. Once students were able to access campus, they enjoyed finally being able to interact in person and start to rebuild the sense of community that had been lacking the past year and a half. And if the Queen's Hall incident is any indication, the reopening committee is aware of the challenges students are facing and is working on fixing them. Hopefully, this means greater access in the semesters to come, with the promise of a stronger community life on campus. You've been listening to QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We are on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org/qcpod. Our producers are Jonathan Leon and Holden Valesco. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. I'm Nev Yakubov. Thanks for listening.